Welcome inside the studio for the latest edition of the Sports Pen on ESPN-UP. Tanner Hoops with you. Glad to have you along this Thursday afternoon. Jake Duran of Local 3 is with me per usual. What's up, Jake? Man, not a whole lot. Uh, just enjoying the, the nice weather, enjoying training camp kicking off. Uh, the Lions are going, the Packers are going. Uh, we're one step closer to the start of the regular season, so I'm, I'm hyped. We've got high school football, high school fall sports starting, so um, good time of the year for me. Tell you what, how... Uh I don't know what's the right word. Is it heartbroken about the Mike Daniel situation in Green Bay? I mean, I, I know they freed up a lot of money mm-hmm. by letting him go, but is that worth it? Because right. he's in Cleveland right now meeting with the Browns, and they potentially could have a defensive line that features Sheldon Richardson, Miles Garrett. Uh, he's still there, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Olivia Vernon would be a part of that front seven. Mm-hmm. And now Mike Daniels could be there. That That's scary for the Browns, who are absolutely loaded. Mm-hmm. Um, this was actually just, I think, a lot of Packers fans and, and people who cover the NFL as well. Just it, They even said on NFL.com it was a stunning move by Green Bay. Um, I think just the timing of it was just really, really weird, obviously, a day before training camp. Um, you know, I was really excited. I'm still excited about the defense um, you know, with all the guys they brought in, the guys they drafted, um, completely brand-new-looking defense. But Mike Daniels was one of those guys that, you know, you always knew what you were going to get out of him. He was a, a tone setter. He was very physical. He gave that defense a little bit of an edge. Now, the Packers' defense has been known, the whole team has been known to be a finesse team, and they've they've always struggled with with being physical and living up to their opponents in in the physicality toughness uh category so seeing him gone is definitely sad because i felt like that defensive line was really good being led by mike daniels who was there for seven seasons at 29 sacks um he was one of the few players that even you know lived in green bay stayed in green bay loved the area and things like that so I mean, it was just shocking. I think for me, it was just the timing of it. If it happened earlier, um, I could see why. Obviously, they're looking to the future, but this 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 management is always looking in the future, and it's one of those things where if you're you're caught looking too much ahead, you know, you're not really living in the present moment. When are you actually going to have mm-hmm. everything together to make this Super Bowl run? Um, now I know they have guys, Kenny Clark. You know, they extended Dean Lowry. I think Rashawn Gary is going to rotate on the defensive line. Tyler Lancaster, a guy who kind of stepped up and filled in. Um, they drafted Kingsley Kiki out of Texas A&M. Um, another guy that could be there, um, Montravius Adams from, mm-hmm. from Auburn. So they do have some young depth. But at the same time, you got to sometimes just keep with, you know, keep the chips um, you have, keep the hand you have, and, and just play it. Um, so it's sad to see, you know, you'd rather them obviously have Mike Daniels there. He's a pro bowler for them on that defensive line. But I can also see on the other side they need to fill, they, they freed up $8.3 million in cap space, mm-hmm. I think. Um, and, and obviously earlier on in the season there was reports saying that the Packers might have overspent by accident um, and things like that. So you do lose a guy in Mike Daniels who, you know, you, you knew what to expect every every week. But, again, you bring in a lot of guys as well. I think they do have young depth and, and guys ready to step up um, and, and things like that. So it's going to be interesting to see you know, how that loss is going to hurt them. And like you said, um, now he's down in Cleveland where you know, the rich are getting richer potentially right. with, with that roster who just have, in just a few short years have just overhauled that, that whole roster. And, and it, it's almost like where are they getting this money? How, how, can, <laughs> how come Green Bay can't spend money like, like the Cleveland Browns can? Because they just keep they just keep adding guys and and that's going to bolster that defense who was who was already pretty scary you know that that Cleveland Browns team is very balanced that offense is is scary that defense is is young athletic and they got star players at every position so um, if he sh- if he ends up in Cleveland I mean that's a great spot for him um, you know I would love to see a, a Green Bay Packers Cleveland Brown uh, Super Bowl I think that'd be kind of nice I think we're still a few years away from that but Probably, it, w- it would be fun to see I don't know I mean yeah yeah you know Super a lot of people talking the Cleveland Browns, you know, Freddie Kitchen talking about Super Bowl and things like that, and how he shouldn't be talking about that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, deep down, obviously, the guys in the locker room they're thinking Super Bowl. You know, a lot of these guys come from different teams. These are vets who, you know, last year they changed the culture. 
Obviously, they want to win the division and things like that, then win the conference and take the small steps. But as as players, you're thinking you're thinking you want to make it to the big game. Uh, on paper, they look really good. It's all going to be all about the chemistry and how things how things work out. But it, with Baker Mayfield, I'm a huge fan of Baker Mayfield. I think he'll be able to kind of be that leader. And obviously, when you have Jarvis Landry and Odell Beckham supporting each other on that offensive side of the ball, and then like you said, Miles Garrett's a beast. Um, you know, bringing guys like Olivia Vernier, drafting guys like Denzel Ward in that back end, who's a Pro Bowl uh, corner and, and things like that. I mean, the team has what it takes. I think they can make a run, but obviously it's going to be take steps and, and it's going to be a learning process and they still got a lot of work to do. Talent-wise, they should be at the very least one of the top four in the AFC, and that is very least but I'm not convinced they're even going to make the playoffs this year. I mean, like you said, Freddie Kitchens is kind of putting the cart before the horse. Baker sometimes tends to do that. you got Kareem Hunt and everything that's happened off the field probably will make its way into the locker room somehow. And then you've got a guy who can't stop talking about his ex. Like, he's obsessed with them. You have Odell with the New York Giants. Can't stop letting that go. So talent-wise, it's all there that they should win that division. I still think it's going to be Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, people are kind of underestimating Pittsburgh just because they lost two big names, obviously Antonio Brown and, and Le'Veon Bell, but they're just one of those franchises that, that seem to be able to just kind of bring guys in and, and you know, get production out of guys. I think Juju has what it takes to, to be that number one guy, and James Conner is another guy that has shown he can he can run the ball and, and be just as productive. Um, and and with franchises like Pittsburgh, you just can't you can't count them out. Obviously, they've they've established a winning culture. They're kind of what the Browns are trying to do. Um, and the Browns are, are well on their way. Obviously, they needed to learn to win first, and I think they they did that last year. I think they took a big step. Uh, but like you said, they're going to have a, a huge battles in their own division. Don't count out Baltimore, who's another uh, organization that you know they always put out a great defensive product. And then with Lamar Jackson, I think he's an X factor if he stays healthy. You know, there's nobody else in the league. Maybe Kyler Murray, um, Cam Newton's not like that. Is is shifty or of a scrambler? But you know, you have to game plan completely different for him just because he can he can hurt you with his legs and and his arms. So, um, like like I said, small steps. Let's win the division first. Then we can talk about winning the AFC, and then obviously the Super Bowl. Will it happen in one year? Very unlikely, but. With guys like that, you know, it could it could happen. But this seems like one of those situations where it's like this could go really right, or it could blow up in your face, um, just with all those those personalities. So um, they're obviously going to be the team everyone's going to be watching. The national media is going to be, you know, following them the whole season. They're going to be kind of in the spotlight. So it's going to be a fun season to watch to see whether they sink or they swim. Last thing I want to touch on with Cleveland. I would not be at all shocked if Jarvis Landry is the best receiver on that team this year. I wouldn't be at all shocked if he has a better year than Odell because he can't stop looking in the rearview mirror and he's still obsessed with the Giants. And if you look on a percentage basis, catch by catch, uh, compared to number of targets, nobody in the history of the NFL has caught more passes per target in their first five years than Jarvis Landry. No one in the history of the NFL, I really think that he's the one who has his focus in the right place. And I wouldn't be shocked if he is the best receiver in the Browns team this year. But I tell you what, regarding Mike Daniels, the only other place that I would be absolutely terrified for him to end up is Seattle. Could you imagine that front seven if they get Mike Daniels? Mm-hmm. Probably over for a lot of the rest of the league. Uh, but speaking of Seattle, Earl Thomas re-engaged that he is still pretty adamant that he was giving his former head coach the bird after suffering a gruesome injury about 10 months ago, saying that he didn't mean it toward any of his teammates, but he certainly meant it at Pete Carroll and Earl Thomas opened up some old wounds. Yeah, I, I remember watching that game and, and seeing that unfold. Talk about just the emotion and everything just from the whole season. You know, Earl Thomas looking for a new contract. He wanted that guaranteed money. You know, he was talking to the Dallas Cowboys, you know, going to their locker room and asking them to, you know, trade for him and things like that so um earl thomas emotional guy and and anytime you see that happen especially with a player who who was in the media saying i want a new contract like you know my team should honor this i've I've put everything i can into into making this team the best you know leading this defense and and winning super bowls um and and he just kind of felt betrayed by his team after after everything he put he put into it <clears throat> um do i think it's right that he 
you know, was getting carted off the field and flipped the bird to his coach? Probably, probably not. But mm-hmm. with guys like Earl Thomas, who who's emotional as they are, you know, he's emotional like like an Odell Beckham wears the emotions on your sleeve. Um, you know, in the heat of the moment, things do happen. Um, I think for him, it's it's it's, it's good, just kind of similar to Odell, to just kind of like you know stop talking about it and and look forward to you know what you're doing with your new team. He's obviously with Baltimore and and looking to kind of bounce back and show he still has some stuff, some, some gas left in the tank. So um, if I had to pick sides, I, you know, I I'm kind of with Earl Thomas. No, I'm I'm sorry, but. You he know, knew that was coming. A lot of people want to defend organizations and and loyalty and stuff like that, but you know, he was asking for it. You know, he Earl, Earl was asking for the contract. You know, the the Seahawks were kind of holding off on it. And in the NFL, you know, you're not guaranteed money, so um, it kind of made Seattle get off the hook a little bit and say, "Oh, we're not going to pay you now, et cetera." And and obviously, Earl, luckily, he he was able to find a home in Baltimore, so it kind of worked out for him. But you know. So many years there in Seattle, and the way it ended, it's it's kind of sad how that ended. So, um, but but for Earl Thomas, I I would say I would be on his side. I probably would do the same thing because you know emotions run high, especially when you talk about injuries and stuff like that. And you know it's unfortunate it happened. And holdouts are starting to become the norm in the NFL. Add Ezekiel Elliott and Michael Thomas to the list of superstars who are not attending training camp, at least until they get a new contract. The Cowboys are training in Oxnard, California, and Zeke was not on their plane today. Right, you know a lot of you know, obviously Melvin Gordon, Ezekiel Elliott. These are these are running backs, and and um, when you're a running back, your shelf life isn't very long, mm-hmm. so you might only have a chance to get one big deal before who knows your body starts breaking down and things like that. And and teams have been have been known to you know draft these big name runners that are very productive in the first few years and kind of run them into the ground so they have a reason to to not pay them and and kind of move on from them um so do i think it's it's shocking that these guys are holding out i don't um i think both guys deserve to get paid um obviously they were talking about should should the cowboys move on from ezekiel elliott i think that would be a huge mistake yeah um just because he's just one of those guys the talent is is just out of this world you know he's 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 pretty durable for 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 a running back and he, and he's just produced his whole his whole career i think you know he's kind of the tone setter and, and when you have ezekiel elliott in the backfield you know it makes defenses think a little bit more so i think the cowboys would be would be dumb not to not to pay him melvin gordon is is kind of similar i mean he's been very productive he's been shown that he's very versatile he can catch the ball in the backfield um, he can do everything you want um the problem with melvin gordon is is they have a lot of depth in in that that backfield um so for the chargers kind of like you know we even if we lose you, we still kind of got a lot of guys. Right. I think they have, there are like two or three guys deep mm-hmm. there who have shown to be very productive. So, so that's um, a different story. And then Michael Thomas, I, I feel like he should be the highest paid receiver in the league. He's one of my favorite players right now, outside of you know any Green Bay Packer players. But um, you know Michael Thomas is just superstar receiver, very productive, big body guy. Just just knows how to find his spots and and has that chemistry with Drew Brees. And and I think you need to, I think he deserves to be the top receiver in the league. I think he should be paid more than Odell. Um, you know he's done things the first few years in the league that you you don't really see. I think he's hit a thousand yards every season. I think he deserves to get paid. So do I have a problem with any of these guys holding out? No. Um, and it's just that business aspect where you know the, the teams don't want to pay too much just in case injuries happen, and, and the players just want to take advantage of, of you know the time and, and say, hey, I'm not going to be producing much you know any more than this. Like I'm, I'm kind of at the peak right now. You know I've done what you've asked. I've outplayed my current contract, and I want to get paid. So this is just business. Um, and I would be shocked to see any of these guys moved or anything or on different rosters this season. Danner Hoops, Jake Durant with you in the Sports Pen Thursday afternoon. Just before we go to break, and I want to throw this out there, not trying to switch sports, but it just broke. The Milwaukee Brewers have placed Ulysses Chichin on the 10-day injured list. Ulysses just has not been cutting it lately, and he has gone on the 10-day injured list. That news just broke out of Milwaukee. Speaking of baseball, real quickly before the break, Jake, the Minnesota Twins, what the hell? I mean, they weren't. It's not like their offense wasn't clicking. They no, just, I mean they averaged nine runs in the series against the Yankees, and their division lead is slimmer. Yeah, so I mean, the 
that's the type of baseball I would want to watch. I didn't I didn't get to tune in, but um, from what I was hearing, they were just scoring absurd amount of runs in that series, and and I mean, unfortunately, they just went up against the Yankees. You just have too many bats. Average nine runs in those three games, and they lose two <laughs> out of three. Those are the type of games, though. You can't. I mean, obviously, you're you're mad that you lost, but at the same time, you're kind of just like. I know. Maybe pitching should have been better. I, don't I know. Really know. I don't really know what's what's happening. And those either. are games that will benefit them in the long run, but they still need to fix that bullpen. They should have a fun one tonight, though, when they play the White Sox. Jose Barrios and Lucas Giolito mm-hmm. opening up a four-game series this evening. So I'm excited for that personally. I want to throw this in here before the break. I just want to go to our sound of the day and transition us into basketball. Steve Ballmer, the owner of the L.A. Clippers, a guy who is – I think he's, what, 10th richest in the world? I think he has like 40-something billion or something. I heard today on the Dan Lebitard show with Stu Gatz that he could buy the top 15 most expensive NBA franchises, and he'd still have about $5 billion left over. Yet he was as excited as a kid in a candy store last night when the team officially introduced Kawhi Leonard and Paul George. Here's that audio. Please welcome Clippers chairman Steve Ballmer. Love you, dear. I have these notes, but I gotta say, I'm just fired up to be here today. It's pretty cool. Woo! I love that from Steve, but because they are finally out of the Lakers' shadow, no matter how good the Clippers have been in the past, LA has always been a Laker town. Now it's starting to feel like the tide is turning, and you know, good for the Clippers. They've been waiting a long time for something like this. Yeah, I'm I'm with you. I, I loved everything about that, and I mean, I would be pretty psyched too. Obviously, um, you you stopped Kawhi from going to the Lakers, who undoubtedly would have won multiple championships, which would have you know dug you deeper into a hole or or made that sh- shadow a little bit darker. Um, you know, and and you were able to kind of steal him uh, away from the Los Angeles Lakers. Not only that, but I mean, he's a businessman. He knows what this is going to mean to his team when you're talking about t- selling tickets and things like that. It's gonna it's gonna keep the Clippers relevant for at least a few more years. Um, and and you know, it's it, I would want as if I'm Kawhi and Paul George, I'm I'm super excited about it because you know, like you said, this guy has unfathomable amount of money. Um, he could be doing whatever he wants in life. He doesn't mm-hmm. have to be doing any of this. And for a guy to come in and be so passionate and and just so hyped up about about me coming to that team and and just the 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 outlook of the team and as a whole, um, you know, I want guys like that. I want guys invested emotionally and things like that. Not not a guy who you just kind of he sits up in it up into in his office and doesn't do a whole lot. Not a Donald Sterling. Not a Donald. No, that no, team no, five not years a, ago. Not a, not a Donald Sterling at all. But um. You know, I, I want a guy who's who's gonna be who's gonna be there, be invested, and and just be excited about about what this team, you know, the 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 journey this team has ahead of them. Um, you know, I loved everything about it, um, and and yeah, I I was pretty pretty pumped up when I saw that as well. So, um, I mean, this guy has done a lot of crazy things. You know, he's he's dunked off trampolines. You know, he's had you know spaz outs on the the sidelines when the team wins. Um, and, and, you know, you got to be kind of off your rocker to make 40 something billion dollars. And you, you got to kind of think outside the box and, and you got to just kind of be, you know, have an enthusiasm about life in order to be that successful. And I think this just carries over. I don't think this is just basketball. I think this guy, um, on a daily basis is like that. And it is just good to see. It's just good to see the owner just be super excited about the team, or I should say governor, sorry. Um, super excited about the team. And, and, um, yeah, it was just, it was great. It was a tone setter and, and I'm excited, man. The NBA season is going to be crazy. And those battles in LA are going to be just ridiculous. Ridiculous. I apologize for this because this is absolutely terrible journalism. Not only am I pushing this beyond when we should be taking a break, I'm going to extend it a little bit farther, but I'm switching back to football just for a second after we seamlessly transition to basketball, <laughs> which we were going to talk about for the majority of the show. But I do need to get this out there because football season is coming up, so I apologize for me being terrible at journalism. Help me name my fantasy football team. I have four options. I'm ready. All right. These are the potential names for my fantasy football team. They all have to do with NFL players. Option one, Mayfield of Dreams. Like that? I like it. I like it. I like it. The Dak Street Boys. I'm not getting Dak on my team, though. <laughs> I was going to say, uh, that's all right. Turn down for what? Turn down for what? Okay, okay. And this one, you got to keep in mind, L.A. Rams. Think L.A. Rams. Two girlies, one cup. 
Todd Gurley, Cooper Cup. That one's my favorite. I, I secretly I, hope that one wins. I like that one. I do like that one. Turn down for Watts. Creative. Yeah, I like the. I like the. La- I like the last one. <laughs> right now, two girlies, one cup is getting forty three percent of the vote, well ahead of Mayfield of Dreams at twenty four. In order to get that that one, that last one, you gotta know what it derives from, and we don't really want to get into. <laughs> into all that so that might not make sense to to some of the listeners out there don't google it don't do don't not try it. please do don't not. um yeah I, I i'm not gonna get todd Gurley though even though i just i, I don't trust him i don't wouldn't but i'm gonna do the name probably i tricked myself a few years ago i don't remember when gronk had his down year but i named my team make america gronk again so i had to take gronk early right on. you kind of feel it like it was unproductive definitely definitely um yeah you don't want to take todd Gurley. You know, early, if you can get him later in the first, if you know, maybe. Yeah. It's because you know, if he's healthy, obviously it would be a steal. But you know, you don't want to take him with the top few picks, especially with the, with the knee injuries and things like that. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I I, I made the mistake of taking Le'Veon Bell last year, so I'm, I'm being very very cautious this mm-hmm. year with running backs. I took Le'Veon number one overall in my draft last I took year. Number two. Ouch. Mm. Tanner Hoops, Jake Durant with you. Now we're going to take our time out. We're going to switch over to basketball. Kendrick Perkins had some thoughts on Steve Kerr, who had a few comments himself. That's next on ESPN-UP. Check out the UP's live and local sports talk show, The Sports Pen. Weekday afternoons at 4 on ESPN-UP and on the ESPN-UP app. Tanner Hoops, Jake Durant with you. Glad to have you along as always Thursday afternoon. One week till vacation, my man, or at least for me, I get a little five-day vacation here. Jealous. A week from tonight, I'll be back on Iowa soil, vacationing in Iowa. What are you most looking forward to when you're going back home? I'm looking forward to seeing my dogs. Your dogs? I I don't know if the listeners know this about me, but I am a huge dog person, dog enthusiast, really. I have two back at home, and I love them to death, and I haven't seen them since Christmas, so Mm. it's been way too long. I went over to PetSmart today while I was out getting lunch, and I got him a few toys. I found this one that was hilarious. I looked, and I thought I saw, you know, what appeared to be some bottles, some, you know, alcohol. And upon further inspection, it turned out to be squeaky toys. You know, I, and I knew they made those, right. but I'd never seen them in stores before, and I had to do it. So I got a squeaky toy. It's a tequila bottle, and on the label it says... Jose Perro. <laughs> so I got my dog who's going to turn 14. I don't know what that is in human years, but it's it's up there. He's still a party animal. Yeah, he's I got getting him up a, there. I got him a bottle of Jose Perro, the squeaky toy, so he can go 14 rounds with Jose Perro. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure, you know, obviously... He'll he'll probably enjoy it. He'll probably enjoy it. Maybe you can you can join with your own your own bottle as well. <laughs> Tanner Hoops, Jake Durant with you. Glad to have you along as always. Well, I tell you what, Kendrick Perkins firing off a tweet storm in response to a few comments that Steve Kerr made. Here's the backstory. Steve Kerr, Golden State Warriors head coach, said that it is bad for the league that players like Anthony Davis are asking to be traded and going to the L.A. Lakers. That set off Kendrick Perkins, a guy that won a championship with the Boston Celtics. I'll always like him. He gets straight to the point, and he doesn't beat around the bush. I I like listening to him. He's really intelligent. And on Twitter, he said... Mark Jackson didn't get fired because he wasn't a good coach. He's getting blackballed because of his Christianity and what he believes in. He's getting blackballed facts. I don't know. I mean, that is probably a conversation for a different day. We've actually had that conversation in the sports pen before, but we know that he holds Mark Jackson in really high regard. He later tweeted, Luke Walton went 20-1 and with the same team when Steve Kerr was out as the interim coach, so don't come telling me how great of a coach Kerr is. Please stop it. Perkins went on to say that Mark Jackson was the one who laid that foundation. He did do another tweet in which it might have been my favorite. He talked about how Steve Kerr is criticizing other teams for making moves like this, how it's bad for the game, when three years ago he recruited Kevin Durant to a 73-9 and team. But I tell you what, I side with Kendrick Perkins on this. I really do. And here's the thing. If an NBA team decides that they want to move a player after one year when he's on a three-year contract, they make that three-year commitment to him, but they decide to send him somewhere else because of the betterment of the team, no one blinks an eye when that happens. If a player decides that he wants to go elsewhere to benefit him, benefit his family, whatever situation he's in, everybody loses their minds and they act like there's no loyalty anymore. And I tell you what, full disclosure... I loved back when I was a kid and players stuck with teams. You know, it seems like it was a more loyal time. I miss those days. But at the same point, 
I kind of like what we're seeing now. We're seeing some parity in the league, and it's a double standard. If the NBA, as far as the teams and the players, are going to be on two different wavelengths, I mean, who's that fair to? I mean, if a team wants to move a player, despite him settling down, having roots, maybe starting a family, meeting somebody, if they want to move him, they get away with that. If a player wants to get out, it's just selfish. If a team does it as business, it'd be like me coming here to Marquette. If I come here in a three-year deal to work at ESPN-UP, and I commit to my general manager, Tom Mogish, and I tell him that I want to go somewhere else. Tom, I know I committed three years, but I want to leave after one season. I want to go to ESPN-Milwaukee, something like that, down the road. That's that's not right, because I made that commitment to him. Same way that if I start settling down here in Marquette, I settle roots, and, and he tells me there's somebody I like better, I'm giving your contract to ESPN Milwaukee. They're going to help you finish out the last two years. I mean, we wouldn't do that to each other. There's that sense of loyalty because we're on the same wavelength. We're on the same path. The NBA's not like that. And for Steve Kerr to say that it is correct the way it is right now, that a player shouldn't be allowed to change teams for his own benefit, but a team should be allowed to move a player for their benefit, that's not right to me. I agree with Kendrick Perkins. Mm-hmm. And I have to agree with, with you as well and Kendrick. Um, you you got to have it kind of both ways. I think as as an organization, as a team, when you get a guy, a bigger name, um, I think it's your responsibility to put a team around him and not have him want to leave You know, after a few years because of your um, ineptitude to put a supporting cast around him and, and make the team better. So, you know, for the most part, if a, if a guy like AD who spent multiple years there gave everything he had but just wasn't able to get a supporting cast around and wants to leave, I mean, I feel like you're part responsible because you weren't able to, to get those guys around him and do your job to the best of your ability and, and put together a team that could go on and make some noise in the playoffs and, and win a championship. Um, you know, I... I do agree. Obviously, if if you're going to lose your mind over a player leaving, then you can't you can't have it where it's okay if, if a team because from a player's point, they're saying, well, there's been times when you know guys get blindsided and say they're being traded. Well, obviously, like you said, when they they are are invested in and are thinking they're going to stay there long term. So, um, I think Kendrick Perkins, obviously. I don't know if he's a big fan of Steve Kerr or whatnot. It doesn't seem like it. He kind of jumped the gun a little bit, um, I, I feel, just a little bit, because Steve Kerr was saying, um, you know, when Kevin Durant came to the Golden State Warriors, he had obviously went through his full contract with OKC, so he was just ready to sign a new contract. He didn't force his way out and things like that, as in AD who, who forced his way, you know, had to play an awkward remaining year there in new orleans and then finally got his wish um so i can kind of see where kendrick perkins is coming from because obviously signing a kd was was bad for the league um for the long run i mean it's hard to say because they didn't win every single year lebron right. lebron and Kyrie were, were able to beat them and things like that so it wasn't like they were that whole time they were winning the championship a lot of the time they were playing for the championship um but you know it still wasn't as dominating as as you would you would think um, but I, I would I would have to say with with Kendrick Perkins I, I feel like the the players should be able to you know I don't see why if you were a player why you wouldn't just start signing two year deals and mm-hmm. things like that I think Kawhi Leonard I think signed a, a shorter deal than than um, one might have thought just because he wanted options um, so I do agree with Kendrick Perkins and I can kind of see where he's coming from you know he went and blasted Steve Kerr obviously. From Steve Kerr's point of view, it kind of sounds like he's being a little bit of a hypocrite talking about ruining the league and bad for the league when they kind of did that uh, signing Kevin Durant. So I can kind of see it both ways. I think Steve Kerr was talking about more about guys forcing themselves out of the contract, obviously. Um, if AD you know, played out that contract, then signed with the Lakers, I'm sure maybe Steve Kerr would have been, been okay with that. So... Um, but I'm with you. I like I like seeing guys move around. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm I don't you know it makes it thing the it makes the off season more entertaining. You know I like it's it's kind of like a game in itself trying to get guys to certain teams and then you talk about the money game and then you talk about teams having to prepare years in advance for for it. For me, that's more more what I like. I, I like change and I, and I like to see different guys partner up with different guys and, and kind of see because like in a video game you're like oh what if you know you do a fantasy draft or whatever you you bring three guys 
guys in that you might never see in in real life play, and, and you're always wondering what it's going to be like. And then to be able to kind of see that and guys team up and and things like that, I think that that is more entertaining to me rather than seeing guys stay with a team. So I don't know. I'm I'm more more proactive about about te- about players kind of taking control, and I kind of that's what I like about the NBA. The players are in control <clears throat> rather than like the NFL, where it seems like. Um, they're doing whatever they can to keep you know ownership and things like that to keep control of that league. Here's another way to look at it. What if you're a fan of a non-contending team, like the New York Knicks? You know not only your team's not going to contend, but you already know who probably is going to be there come June and is going to play for an NBA championship. You may be a fan of basketball, but you know your team's not going to give you anything entertaining to watch. With players creating parity in the NBA, now you suddenly have an entertaining product once again. But like you mentioned with Anthony Davis, there are a few ways to handle it, a good way and a bad way. And what Anthony Davis did, if he would have said, I want to be traded, I'm not playing another game for the New Orleans Pelicans, that's one thing. It's kind of like what Le'Veon Belt did over in Pittsburgh with the Steelers. But Anthony Davis, in a way, gave his team notice. He said, I'm not going to re-sign with you, so if you want to trade me while some team still has a year and a half of control at least on my contract, go and maximize your return for me. It's not the way that he said it. He said that he isn't going to re-sign with New Orleans, but it has the same outcome as saying, I'm not going to re-sign with you afterwards, so you might as well trade me and get the most that you can. The two means are different. But it's the same end. Right. Yeah, at least he had the, the respect in, to say, hey, I'm not going to sign with you. So like you said, they got a, a load of draft picks and, and um, you know, they were able to get a, a young group. I mean, for the Pelicans, they aren't that, they, you know, that, they that roster's pretty, pretty good. good. Yeah. You know, they got some picks now and and they got a young core that's going to grow together. They obviously had that number one pick as well. So, I mean, they're not doing doing horrible like it would have been a lot worse if Anthony Davis just randomly you were just decided like hey I'm not gonna you know what if you played out the contract and and then didn't sign you know what I mean and and things like that so I mean you got to look at it both ways and there's ways to handle it and, and every situation is going to be different but um, for for Steve Kerr to just generalize it I, I don't know I, I think he was wrong for that and and obviously Kendrick Perkins thought so as well Kendrick Perkins is a, looks really mean by the way. <laughs> <laughs> like he's just a scary looking guy. Well, he is like six ten, six ten, but he he always just looks really angry. Like like he would he would hurt somebody just off the, for no reason. But I mean, like you said, he's he's interesting to watch and and yeah, he I mean he gets straight to the point. It doesn't really sugarcoat anything. So um, yeah, I, I do like Kendrick Perkins. Apparently, via the latest internet meme that's going around, have you seen this one yet? He is apparently not as tall as Peppa Pig, the children's show character. Who there's a meme right now going around that says Peppa Pig's height is seven one. So the meme is to put Peppa Pig next to someone who's really tall. I've seen Shaquille O'Neal on there a few times, and it's pretty much saying that Peppa Pig would dominate this guy in a fight. I don't know. The internet is weird sometimes. I haven't seen that one. I'm gonna have to check it out. Actually, that's kind of funny. Tanner Hoops, Jake Durant, with you. Let's take a timeout. When we come back, building Team USA's roster is becoming a struggle, but. We're going to do it next on ESPN-UP. Check out the UP's live and local sports talk show, The Sports Pen. Weekday afternoons at 4 on ESPN-UP and on the ESPN-UP app. Tanner Hoops, Jake Durant with you Thursday afternoon. Glad to have you along as always. Here is your Sports Center update. J.J. Redick, Montrez Harrell, and Mason Plumley oh, have all been added to the Team USA World Cup of Basketball training camp roster. I feel wow. like they, they just have a hat now, and they're just like, all right, let's 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 just pick one. There you we were go. born Mason here? Plumlee. Yep, come over. You right. have U.S. citizenship? Yep, come on. Come to camp. The one thing I do like about it, though, is, is a lot of these guys probably want to be there. Mm-hmm. You know, At least you're going to get uh, guys who actually want to be there. Obviously, it's not your, your first option, but at least they're excited to be there and passionate about it. So it's better than having a bunch of you know stars that are just like, eh. We're here to be here. Oh, man, I, I, I'm. I think we're still going to win this tournament. But Mason Plumley, you're bringing really? in. You're, it's it's basically like you're bringing in the JV team. Yeah, uh, even worse than that, probably. This is about the freshman team. Your eighth grade C team <laughs> at this point. Uh, the Milwaukee Bucks have signed power forward Dragon Bender to a two-year deal. The seven-foot-one Bender was drafted by Phoenix fourth overall in 2016. And finally, the longest bout of hiccups ever recorded lasted 68 years. How about that? This is where it gets really interesting, though. 
it was an Iowa man. And I swear, I didn't know that when I got this story. I was writing it down. I already had it down. I wanted to read more about it, and I looked further, and it was a man from Anthon, Iowa, which is in my neck of the woods, about mm. an hour from my hometown. But he was an Iowa man who began experiencing hiccups while doing heavy lifting on his farm in 1922. The hiccups did not go away until June 5th, 1990. How about that? Oof. That sounds horrible. <laughs> I hate hiccups. I know they're small and inconvenient, but... Right. Man, I, I don't like them. Just thinking about it makes me want to start hiccuping, and <laughs> who knows when it will stop. I gotta, just got to breathe. Okay, we're good. So here's what we're going to do here in the sports pen over the course of the next segment. Jake and I are going to put together a starting five, a Team USA starting five, but there are no rules. Any player who's eligible to play for Team USA, even those who have withdrawn and said they're not going to compete this year, this is what we're going to do. I have 25 names. They are ranked in five tiers. The fifth tier, worth $5, all five players in there. The fourth tier, worth $4, and et cetera, all the way down to $1. Jake has $15. He can put together a starting lineup of the following USA basketball players while Jake mulls over and prepares his answers, his lineups. I'm going to give the audience the lineups. In the $5 category, LeBron James, Kawhi Leonard, Anthony Davis, James Harden, and Kevin Durant. So again, you got $15. If you use any one of those, it'll be $5 each. In the $4 category, Stephen Curry, Paul George, Kyrie Irving, Russell Westbrook, and Blake Griffin. In the $3 category, Clay Thompson, Damian Lillard, Chris Paul, Victor Oladipo, or Kemba Walker. $2, Carl Anthony Towns, Bradley Beal, Draymond Green, C.J. McCollum, and Jimmy Butler. And for $1, John Wall, Kyle Lowry, Derrick Rose, DeMar DeRozan, and Andre Drummond. So I tell you what, I'm, I'm just going to clarify and make a stipulation here. I am not saying that the guys in the $5 tier are the five best, nor 6 through 10 in the $4 tier. I tried to spread them out by position so that it's not all guard heavy at the top, what have you. You might have thought Blake Griffin was high. I mean, you know, $4 for Blake Griffin. You can get Clay Thompson for 3 I tried to spread them out by position, so I just want to throw that qualifier in. So you've got $15 to spend on a starting lineup for Team USA Basketball. No holds barred. And I'll clarify this for you as well, Jake. You do not have to go traditional guard-guard, forward-forward no. center. You can do a five-guard lineup. You can do oh. whatever you're thinking. Does that change your answer a little bit? Uh a little bit maybe, but I think I I think I'm I'm doing pretty. You got good. a starting five? Yeah, I think I'll. I'll All do right. Um, Give you start, a moment. Yeah, I'm gonna start with the the point guard position. Okay. Um, obviously there are a lot of good point guards: Kyrie Irving, Russell Westbrook, um, Damian Lillard, things like Chris Paul's there with with some some uh, experience, but. I'm gonna have to go Damian Lillard as my as my point guard. Three dollars. Okay. Um, he's clutch. He, he can do it all. He can shoot. He's a good passer. He's a good leader, obviously, up there leading the Portland Trailblazers. Um, has that swagger. He can rap. Um, he so, can rap. You know, he's very versatile. Um, you know what you're going to get out of him. He's going to go 110%. And like I said, with that clutch gene, you know, if you're, you're in a bind and you need to win a, a game in a pressure situation, um, I want the ball in Damian Lillard's hand. I think at $3, I think that's a steal. So okay. I'm going to go Damian Lillard as my point guard. $12 left, four positions to fill. I'm going to go Clay Thompson, $3. All right. Um, just because, obviously, he's one of the better shooters. Um, anytime you're you're playing against teams from different countries, you want to be able to shoot the ball. Um, so I'm going to stick with Clay Thompson as my shooting guard. You know, he can get hot at any moment. We've seen that throughout a few games where he just cannot miss. And, and anytime you can shoot the ball like he can, he's, he's valuable. So at $3, again, I think that's another steal. So that's $6. Um, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna spend five. I'm All taking right. Kawhi Leonard. All right. You know, you can put you can put just anybody around Kawhi Leonard, and he's shown um, that he can win an, an NBA championship, which is the best players in the world. Um, I think you know you can argue he's the best player in the NBA right now. Um, if he's on my team, you know, I just feel like it, it's gonna be hard to beat. He, right. He's, he's good defensively. He can guard. He can guard all five positions. You know, he's just he's the claw. He can score. And he's just a proven winner. So I'm going to have to go Kawhi Leonard um, with my third pick. So that's, what, 11? So $11. You got four. four left and two slots to fill. All right. Uh, I'm going to go power forward. I'm going to go Draymond Green just All because right. 
you know, two dollars doesn't cost too much, and he's just one of those guys. You know, he he sets the tone. You know, he's a talker. He can get in people's heads. He can pass. He can rebound. He can. He's kind of your utility man. Um, and and this is coming from a, a Michigan fan. So mm-hmm. pick and Draymond. I'm not even a huge Draymond fan, but right. you know, he can just do things. Not a lot of players. He has that that package that not a lot of players have mm-hmm. when you talk about versatility. And then number one, what do I have left? You got two dollars left. Two dollars left. I'm, I'm, I guess I'm sticking traditional lineup here. Okay. So I, I really want to go. I really want to go under Drummond just because he's just a big guy that can just mm-hmm. rebound. He doesn't really have to score. You know, he's going to be a, a rim protector. So I'm going to go with under Drummond. Plus, he's a Detroit Piston. Yep. Um, you know, you're not going to see a lot of under Drummonds on on opposing teams. So I'm going to, you know, he, like I said, defensively, he's a rim protector. He can get you 20 something rebounds a game. Um, if he, you know, he's going to he's a walking double double. Yeah, on the offensive boards, he'll be able to to kind of out rebound a lot of teams and and just have quick putbacks. And then, you know, if I wanted to spend two dollars, then Carl Anthony Towns, okay. just because you know he can he can shoot it. You know, he's a, a little bit more of a, a versatile uh, player, um, and you want to have big guys who can shoot in the interna- international game. So I like Carl Anthony Towns. I like what you did with Drummond. I like the reasons you picked Drummond. And the difference between him playing on the team that you just put together as compared to the Pistons, they wouldn't pack the paint against him because they have guys who can space the floor. They can spread him out between Clay and Damian Lillard. Who else did you say? Kawhi was in there. Mm, Kawhi. And then Draymond Green. Draymond, yeah. I like that lineup. All coached by Mr. Durant, Coach Durant, yes. assisted by Pop. Hey, give me that team. I can win a lot of games. <laughs> <laughs> it's really, I mean, you could go a lot of... It's hard to put a, a bad lineup with these players, right? You know what I mean. So, I mean, even if you just went through the bottom two tiers, you know, the two dollar, one dollar guys, I mean, you could you could put together a pretty good lineup. Mm-hmm. If I was to say you only had eight dollars instead of fifteen, I think you'd still put together a lineup that would win this tournament. Yeah, I mean, you know, Bradley Beal, he's a he's a shooter. Um, T, or CJ McCollum, he's a guy that can get hot and score. Jimmy Butler is a guy that can score. He's a good defender. John Wall, you know, he can Dougie. Kyle Lowry is a proven NBA champion now. I, you know, he's kind of erased my, um, my my outlook as he as he shrinks in the playoffs. I mm-hmm. think he kind of proved he can he can step up and be that guy. Derrick Rose, he's he's revitalized. He's going to Detroit. You know, as long as he can stay healthy, let's knock on wood. One time for D Rose. Um, I don't you know, think he, this is made of wood. He, or, down there, um, <laughs> you know, he he's he's looking like you know. Obviously, he's not the old D Rose of. of of you know his first couple seasons MVP caliber, but I mean he's shown he can be a, a really good player. And then Demar Derozan obviously is one of those guys who's just an all around good wing. They can play defense, can score, can shoot it, um, and can get to the rim and and, pr- and provide some highlight reels. Tanner Hoops, Jake Durant with you. Let's take a timeout. A lot of baseball news been breaking here in the last hour. We're going to recap it for you next on ESPN UP. Check out the UP's live and local sports talk show, The Sports Pen. Weekday afternoons at 4 on ESPN-UP and on the ESPN-UP app. If you missed any part of the show today, check it out on demand. Get our free mobile app from the Apple iStore or Google Play. Just look up ESPN-UP. Well, I tell you what, among the most busy people we have here at ESPN have been our baseball insiders, Buster Only, Tim Kirkjian, Jeff Passan. They've been busy here over the course of the last hour. A lot of news has been breaking. For one, Troy Tulowitzki just announced his retirement. About 10 minutes ago, Tulo is calling it a career, which is tough to see because he was a guy that's been so good throughout his time, especially with Colorado. Just was injured this season. There really isn't a spot for him if he wants to come back with that Yankee roster being so good. But it's, it's tough to see, man. Another guy that I grew up watching and I grew up watching tear up the league mm-hmm. is calling it a career. Yeah, uh, you know, similar to, to – ba- I, I didn't grow up watching baseball, but it, it's similar to what I've been going through, obviously, in the NBA. You know, guys like Paul Pierce retiring, mm-hmm. you know, Kobe retiring, um, you know, just guys like that. Um, Dirk, you know, calling it a career. Tim Duncan calling it a career. Um, Dwayne Wade, those are the type of guys. You know, it, it's sad. It, it makes you kind of feel like you're getting old. You know, you're obviously excited about about the the new guys coming into leagues and things like that. But um, you know, there's a certain age group where you're most inspired. You're most, you know, just kind of you look up to these guys, and it's when the, you know, these guys seem the biggest, um, as you can say, and. Um, when those eras end and, and things like that, you know, you start to feel a little bit older. So, yeah, it is sad to see athletes like that go, um, especially when, you know, you grew up watching them. 
elsewhere in baseball, and this broke, a lot of these stories have broke within the last hour or so. Blake Snell, the reigning AL Cy Young winner, is going to undergo elbow surgery. However, he does expect to return this season. Kind of rare. I don't, I don't know if that's just optimism. He wasn't having a good year in Tampa Bay. They frankly need him to stay in a playoff race. So it could come to the point where they may be out of it, and they'll just say, don't risk it. Yeah, I wouldn't rush it if, yeah. if you're not in it. The Dodgers get a power bat. They get Tyler White from the Houston Astros. That was a good move. White, he's got a good bat. Uh, not as consistent as you would like, but he can provide some pop. The Dodgers, certainly being in the National League, will need a pinch hitter from time to time. And they get a guy who wasn't seeing the field because of Yuli Gurriel. Uh, Joey Gallo is having surgery to repair a fractured Hamade bone? Oh, boy. I'm bad at this. <laughs> I have no idea what that is. I don't know what this is, but uh, I'm having a bad journalistic day, aren't I? <laughs> and then Edwin Diaz left the game, and the Mets are playing day game today. Took a liner off the foot, so the Mets closer, as if they weren't having enough problems closing, uh, he is out. 20-plus blown saves this year for the Mets. Ouch. It must be hard to live in New York and be a New York sports person. <laughs> Just so bad. Except the Yankees. Except the Yankees, you got the y'all got the Yankees. At least you can you can root for them. But I mean, the Giants are trash, Mets are trash, Jets, Knicks, Knicks are trash. The Jets, there's a little bit of optimism for the Jets. There won't be. There shouldn't be. <laughs> there shouldn't be. There really shouldn't be. Um, but you got Brooklyn though. Then uh, the yep, Brooklyn Nets. There you go. Um, so yeah. Well, I tell you what. Sticking with baseball. At Alex Rodriguez. He's one happy Yankee. Did you see the videos from Jennifer Lopez's 50th birthday yesterday? Why, why, when you said Alex Rodriguez's name, the first thing that popped in my head was was Jennifer Lopez? Isn't that everyone's first thought when they hear A-Rod? Yeah. A-Rod I mean, and J-Lo. J-Lo turned 50 yesterday, which I can't believe. Like, everyone says how Jennifer Aniston doesn't look like she's aging. J-Lo looks like she's aging backwards. Mm-hmm. But the videos from her party just looked insane. And this was posted at, like, 3 in the morning. And she is just going nuts on the dance floor like i've never seen her that i've never really seen anybody that wild i guess uh just head banging and literally throwing her body all over it looked like she was trying to throw herself through the air and they had dj Khaled was there fat joe was performing fat joe took an, a water bottle fat while joe. he was playing and he poured it all over himself and a rod is just he looks like he's having fun but at the same point he's like I'm just trying to hang, man. <laughs> right, yeah. For me, that's every weekend. No, I'm just, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, I, I, you know, I saw I saw photos, and I was like, are these photos photoshopped? I'm talking about of Jennifer Lopez. Right. But, but yeah, she does look amazing. Um, Alex Rodriguez, man, what a life. Yeah. What a life that guy's living. Um, but yeah, yeah. To, to bring Fat Joe back in, into the game, I haven't heard from Fat Joe in forever. <laughs> I really know. I'm glad to see that he's still right. doing stuff. Um, and, and obviously Alex Rodriguez. I just feel like Alex Rodriguez would just be uncomfortable. I don't really know Alex Rodriguez, mm-hmm. but is that really his scene? I don't know. I guess if you're you're with Jennifer Lopez, you got kind of got to get used to that. He but was doing his darndest like good, to yeah, try sound, to hang. Sounded like a good a good time. And they were doing this on a Wednesday. Mm. I was like, wow. I mean, that, that's dedication. I mean, if you got a lot of money, you don't really got a lot to do. I mean, <laughs> every you know, you don't really have days. Every day is the same. And he's retired now. All right, you're retired. It's time to enjoy life. I Why think not? he's just enjoying life. I tell you what, I'm waiting for somebody to start one of those baseball challenges on social media. Have you seen these going around? Your choice of any player born on your birthday has to score 30 points. Who are you taking? Mm-hmm. I had two guys. No. I had two guys. Um, Lucky I, you. I had Zion, which... I mean, I feel pretty good about it just because what he's been able to do in every level. So I, I do think he'll come in. Will he be a 30-point-a-game scorer? I'm not, not too sure. We'll have to wait and see. So, I mean, but I feel pretty good. Obviously, Zion's a great player. And they had Paul Gasol. I mean, if mm. he was in his prime, I feel like he could drop 30. Newest Portland Trailblazer. Yeah. So, you know, I feel pretty good. But better than what you had, obviously. I had career 12-point-per-game score Trevor Ariza. Mm. Hey man, when he gets hot, he I think can he, really I think get he, hot. I was gonna say, I think he might—he probably hit thirty a few times in his career. Maybe, probably maybe not enough like, to save my life. No, let's just say I, I would go into it feeling a little bit better. Um, but there is also a chance that who knows? Zion—we don't really know about Zion yet. No, you know, I said I felt pretty good about it, but who really knows? What if he can't, comes into camp, you know, overweight and he's just not not what we think he is? Who knows? Here's what I saw earlier today it was an NHL version of it. You're playing five-on-five overtime. That's the biggest stipulation. It's five-on-five, not three-on-three. And you need to make a three-player forward line. 
the options being a player born the same year as you, a player who, or excuse me, the player who won the Art Ross Trophy the year you were born, and a player who has the same first name as you. And this was a line I put together for the player who was born the same year as me. I went with Dylan Larkin. I'm a couple of months older than him. I could have went with David Posternak, but I'm going to go with Larkin. I like his pure scoring ability. Player with the same name as you, Tanner Pearson. I mean, there's not a lot of options there. If Tanner Pearson's my best option, I guess. I'm not, I don't know. not I, excited. I can't, I can't think off the top of my head a player with the first name Jake. Jake Gensel. Ooh. Jake Gensel, one of my very favorites. I'll take Former that. Sioux City Musketeer. I'll take that. The player who won the Art Ross the year you were born. My all-time favorite player, Mario Lemieux. Mm. The guy that I became a Penguins fan for. If it were a three-on-three, though, I'm going to throw this stipulation in, and I had to go forward-forward defenseman, I would take out Larkin. There's only two Tanners that are in the NHL currently with active status are both forwards, and Mario Lemieux's a forward, so Larkin's my only option. I would put in Aaron Ekblad for Larkin, so my lines would be Pearson, Lemieux, with Ekblad as a defenseman. Not bad. I'm okay with that, team. I'm okay with that. I'm trying to look up players born in 89. Born in 1989. 1989. P.K. Subban. P.K. Subban would be a good one, sure. I'm trying to just look here. So that, yeah, okay, you do that Jamie. here in the final minute of the show. Jamie Ben, is that what you're yeah, going to say? Jamie Ben. Okay. Well, you do that. I'm going to look up the Art Ross winner in 1989. Gustav Nyquist. Gustav Nyquist, former Detroit Red Wing. See, I, I don't know a lot a lot of these players. So right. I'd be passing up really good players, and I wouldn't even I wouldn't even know. Well, hey, the good news is Mario Lemieux won the Art Ross in 89, so that we means. would both have Super Mario on there. He nice. was 23 years old when he won it for you. So, all right. It's, oh, yeah. That's a pretty good option. I'll take it. I'll pretty take good guy to have. Those are, I mean, obviously those are, the, the internet, those challenges are, are fun to do. Just, I just want to see. I just want to see what's going on, but. Oh, I tell you what, we are out of time. Tanner Hoops, Jake Durant with you. Appreciate you being here as always. What are you going to do coming up at Local 3? Anything we should be watching for? Local 3, you know, I'm just going to be following the the NFL, uh, obviously with training camp and things like that happening. We cover the Packers a lot, so I'll kind of be jumping into that. Um, we'll have a little bit of Detroit Lions stuff, and and really, man, we're, I'm just I'm just kind of waiting, just waiting for the fall sports season to kind of um, roll around. Right now, I just kind of you know looking for those unique stories or summer ideas and things like that. Um, it's been a, it's been slow. Obviously, summers up here are kind of slow when you talk about sports. So, um, you know, there's been uh, you know softball, baseball, summer stuff like that. Um, American Legion play and stuff like that I've been covering. But but right now, just kind of waiting for high school to start back up and then obviously getting into the NFL season. That's kind of kind of what I'm focused on. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it, seeing what's coming up, especially with a month from Monday being the official start of the high school football season. Tanner Hoops, Jake Durant with you once again. I'm back on tomorrow, same time and place, 4 Eastern, 3 Central. Until then, here's the Will Kane Show on ESPN-UP.